It was the mid-1800s. A young man by the name of Loeb Strauss, he moved to America from Germany. Upon moving to America, he changed his name to Levi. He settled in San Francisco, California, and he opened a textile shop. It's a clothing material shop. One day, a gold miner walked in and asked Levi if he could help him because as a gold miner, he often would work on his knees and he was trying to find a solution to his pants always wearing out. So he asked Levi if he could help him fix his problem with his knees always being wore out, but the rest of his jeans still being in good shape. Levi looked at him and said, I have the solution to your problem. You need pants made out of canvas. You know, like the the pants that we make tents out of. So Levi called a tailor. They put together a pair of pants for this gold miner. And you could say the rest is history. Because shortly after, people all over the West were wearing Levi Strauss's pants. And I bet that you today might even have a pair of Levi's on yourself. You know, I can't help but think of the gold miner and the problem that he had. His knees were wore out. And I wonder if that shouldn't be the same problem that you and me as Christians, that we should have too. That we should be trying to find somebody who could make pants for us that can help our knees withstand the presence of being on our knees in prayer. Because after all, most of our work as Christians, as it relates to building the kingdom of God here on earth, should not only be done on our knees, but should also begin with prayer. We're in a new series called Bless. Bless is simply an intentional pathway for followers of Jesus Christ, both young and old, who are desiring to become more like Jesus so that we can join Jesus in the mission that he has for this world of blessing people and helping people come to know him as savior of their life. God's way of reaching and restoring the world has always been through blessing, and it's always been through his people. That tells me that you and me, we are God's chosen ones in this world to help God bring restoration, reconciliation to people's lives through the person of Jesus Christ and by the way of being a blessing to others. I'm convinced that if we simply live the blessed life with commitment and intentionality, not only will we be a blessing to people, but God can change the world through us. BLESS is an acronym, B-L-E-S-S. I want you to think of your evangelism circle. Let's define that. The people in your life who are close to you, who do not know Jesus. Family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, 
your circle of influence. Within that circle are people who don't know Jesus. BLESS is a way that gives us practical application and instruction to begin to pray for them, to listen with care, to experience life together, to serve in love, and to share our story for God's glory. These five missional practices of BLESS will be very easy Ways for us to reach our, lo- our, our loved ones, our neighbors, our coworkers with the message of the gospel by simply being a blessing in their life. And that's what this blessed series is all about. The only way we can fail at this is if we don't do it. In Genesis 12, God calls Abraham and makes him a promise. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing to others. All families on earth will be blessed through you. So what is a blessing anyway? A blessing is simply a statement of goodwill or happiness shared or given, said about another, as well as the condition that fulfills that saying. In order for us to be a blessing to others, we need to speak words into their life and then we need to act in such a way that we can help fulfill that goodness or that happiness in their life. That just doesn't make somebody feel good, but that makes somebody understand it's the goodness of God that brings the blessing to our lives that we're sharing with them. So another way to see a blessing is simply that it's a gift from God given to us as his people that we are to use to give to others so that they can experience the goodness of God as well. And of course, what's the ultimate blessing? The ultimate blessing is Jesus himself, God's greatest gift to us, who has offered to you and to me Not only a relationship with him, but he's offered to us a new life and forgiveness of our sin. The ultimate blessing that you and I have received from God is what Jesus has done for us on the cross and the salvation he brings to our lives. And it's this blessing that God wants us to share with other people. You know, God's desire has always been to bless his people. But it doesn't stop there. It's also always been God's desire to use his people to bless others in the world and to make himself known. The question is, how can we do that? I hope this Bless series is so practical and understandable to you that you don't have an excuse not to do it, but that you're willing to be used by God to be a blessing to others. The five missional practices of bless will help us to understand exactly what it means to be a blessing to others. This week, we begin with prayer. B, begin with prayer. Why prayer? Because Jesus began with prayer. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Luke chapter 6. We're going to look together at verses 12 to 16. And before we read the text, I want to build the context. 
Because we're by Luke 6, where are we at in Jesus' journey in the gospel story? Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. What happens following that is he's sent into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. He's overcome that. The ministry of Jesus is now happening, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's going out into the world, teaching and preaching that the kingdom of heaven has come. He has healed many people, and he has called many disciples to come and follow him. And Jesus, by now, has quite a following. So by the time we get to Luke chapter 6, just prior to this prayer that Jesus is going to pray, he has an encounter with some religious leaders, both teachers of the law and Pharisees. They're trying to figure out how to, how to stop Jesus from doing what Jesus was doing. So they're watching him closely. And on the Sabbath, Jesus healed a man with a lame hand. So they went after him to try to stop him in the ministry and the message that he was proclaiming. It was immediately following the attack by the religious leaders that we bring ourselves to Luke 6, beginning in verse 12. One day soon after that event, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, who we know as Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, which we know would be the one who would essentially betray Jesus. Just a few observations. Jesus prayed and he prayed often. But why did he pray and what did he pray for? All kinds of things. Generally, Jesus prayed often because he wanted to make sure that he stayed connected to the Father, that he and the Father could share an intimacy with one another that couldn't be shared without prayer. One of the ways that Jesus stayed locked into the mission of God and the will of the Father was through prayer. Jesus prayed before big events, important events. Before he fed the 4,000, before he fed the 5,000, before he chose the 12 apostles to be, our 12 disciples to be apostles, he prayed all night. I want you to consider the fact that there was way more than just 12 to choose from. By now, there was an abundance of people following Jesus. That's what a disciple is, a follower or a learner. And of the abundance of people that Jesus had to choose from, he had to select 12. An apostle is simply a chosen messenger that is sent out with a specific commission. An apostle is a representative of Jesus an ambassador for the message of the gospel. An apostle is one who is sent out to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the world. You could even say that for all of us who are believers in Jesus, we have a little bit of this commission in us, don't we? It's called the Great Commission. And it's a big deal to go into the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Specifically, Jesus chose 12. And these 12 disciples that became his apostles were the ones that essentially became uh, the, the foundation of the Christian church upon which Jesus was the cornerstone. These 12 disciples that became apostles were Jesus' closest followers. These were the 12 men that, that Jesus chose to have be with him all the time. He taught them, he trained them, and he equipped them for ministry. And after he spent three years with them, he died and rose again, and then he ascended into heaven. He sent the apostles out into the world, and he said, now, I have trained you, and I have blessed you, and I want you to go into the world to be a blessing to others. If we are going to be a blessing to those around us, then we too must begin with prayer. If you're taking notes this morning, point number one is simply this. Prayer opens us up to God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Consider that. You know, God uses prayer to change us. And then God, as we're changed through prayer, uses us to change the world. It seems to me that if Jesus was willing to spend not just a few hours in prayer, but all night in prayer... For this really important decision of who he would choose of the many disciples to be the only 12 apostles who he would spend most of his time with developing. If he would spend all night in prayer making that decision so that his heart could align with the heart of God, then we too should be praying about those who are in our evangelism circle who we can influence with the gospel the most and who God wants us to reach as we consider what it means to be a blessing to those around us. Spending time in prayer for others will help us to align our heart with the heart of God. We find strength in prayer to endure Satan's attacks and to persevere through difficult and challenging times. Another reason that Jesus prayed to find strength in the Father to endure the hardship of life that he was called to. In prayer, we can bring our worries and our fears before the Lord so that we can find strength and courage to be a blessing to those around us. I got to believe there's many reasons why people don't pray. I want you to think of reasons you don't pray. Or you don't pray enough. I think one of the reasons people don't pray is because we feel like we don't know how. I don't know how to pray, so therefore I won't. If you're stuck and not praying because you don't know how to pray, I want to encourage you in this way. Prayer is as simple as saying, Lord, I know I have people in my life who you want me to bless. And I know you want me to pray about that. But I don't know how. Can you help me? Amen. That is a good starting point, And I'm not even kidding. Because if you're willing to carve out time in your life to pray, spend time with God, and be vulnerable and honest and just talk to God simply, he will help you 
pray what you need to pray. Let's talk to God. Have a conversation with him. As though he's our friend. I think other reasons people don't pray is that we think we don't have enough time to pray. We're all so busy, aren't we? We just don't have time to pray. I mean, praying takes time, doesn't it? I'll get around to that. Can I just be honest? That's a really bad excuse. We all have 24 hours in our day. We all have the same amount of time. What we give our time to is where our priorities in life are. I'm simply going to challenge you to make prayer a greater priority in your life if it's not already. Carve out time to pray. I also think that some people don't pray because they don't think it works. Try God. It works. I know that maybe you've experienced a time in your life where you've prayed for healing, you've prayed for a blessing or something, and God didn't answer it the way you wanted him to, and therefore you've got a bad attitude towards prayer and towards God. And I'm sorry that your prayer wasn't answered the way you wanted it to be answered, but I can assure you that God answered it in the way that was best for him and best for you. And on this side of heaven, we might not understand all of that, but we must be people who pray. When we pray, God changes us. And then we're conditioned to be used by God to be a blessing to others. Number two, prayer helps us to recognize God's promptings in our life. Have you ever had a God prompting? You know, you encounter someone or a situation and inside your guts you got this stirring going on and, and you're like, oh no, uh, no, I, I, I think that's God speaking to me, but I'm going to ignore that right now. You ever wonder if that's God or if that's indigestion from your pizza the night before? How do we know? I promise you, if you're committed to praying, it will help you have a greater level of discernment to know the difference between indigestion and God's promptings in your life. That's silly, I know, but it's real. Prayer will help us to stay intimately connected to God so that we can better recognize God's promptings when he wants us to do something. Louis went to the mall. Walked into the mall and for whatever reason, he saw this man sitting on a bench. And he had this overwhelming sensation. As if God was telling him to go tell that man that God loves him. Louis said, ah, that's weird. I can't do that. Ah, that guy, I know God loves him and I hope God reveals to him that he loves him. It's all good. So, so Louis did what most of us would do. We would ignore that. And he went on shopping. We encountered this man a second time and the same thing came to his mind. Go tell that man that God loves him. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. 
by the third encounter with this man, Louis said, I couldn't get away from it. So I went up to him and I said, excuse me, sir, this might sound weird and I don't want it to, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that God loves you. With tears in his eyes, this man looked at Louis and said, you wouldn't believe this. You're the third person today who randomly came up to me to tell me that God loves me. This morning, I was at the end. I was at the end of my rope. I had no more to give. And I told God, if you love me, show me today. This man said, nobody has ever told me that God loves me in my whole life. And now three random people came up to me to tell me that God loves me. Wow. See, those promptings by God are things that we need to listen to. I wonder how often God is speaking to you and me. And he's asking us to do something for someone that would be a blessing to them, and we ignore it because it's uncomfortable. I wonder how often God is actually telling me to do something, and I don't hear him because my prayer life is inadequate for the season. But what if we as Christians could live our lives not waiting around for God's promptings and trying to figure out if that's him or not, but that we became very intentional every day of beginning our day on our knees and praying to God that he would put before us divine encounters that would help us to be a blessing to people in our lives. That we would condition our hearts and and begin our day looking to our neighbors, our friends, our family, our loved ones, our co-workers as divine opportunities to bless them with God's love. Number three, prayer is how we receive direction. We need to identify the people that God is calling us to bless. You know, I think it's worth noting that Jesus spent all night praying. He didn't just pray a little bit for a little while. See, he knew the importance of this decision. He couldn't go it alone, and so he spent all night praying so that he could have his heart aligned with God's heart so that the will of God could be done in his life. Interesting enough, when Jesus came uh, from that season and that moment or that that all-night prayer experience, he came down and he met with the disciples, the multitudes of them. And you know what he did? He chose 12. And, And he chose 12 ordinary men. He chose the least likely options. Why would he do that? 
because that was the father's will for him. After spending time in prayer, Jesus chose fishermen, tax collectors, radicals. He chose misfits and those who would be the least likely to fulfill the mission of God. How did he come to terms with who he should choose? He spent the night in prayer with his father. Can you imagine the temptation that Jesus must have had to just skip the prayer time? Like, I've spent enough time with all these people. I know which ones I'm going to choose. I'm going to get the A team together because they are the perfectly gifted ones. They are the ones who really fit. They're the ones who I have confidence will fulfill the mission of God. Jesus didn't do that. He made sure that he listened to the Father, that he aligned his heart with the Father's heart so that the will of God could be done. These 12 were the ones that God chose to spend his life with. Jesus spent his life with, his time with. He built friendships, he built community. And you know what he did? He blessed them immensely. And after blessing them and equipping them, essentially, he left them. But he left them with an assignment to go into the world and to be a blessing to others. And if God could use misfits like that, I can assure you, God can use people like me and people like you to accomplish his will and his purpose of blessing those in our lives. Before we go out and look for people who we can be a blessing to, let's call the time out. Let's get on our knees. Let's spend time in prayer so that those we invest in, those we choose to bless every day are the people that God wants us to be blessing. The Apostle Paul, in a letter to a young pastor, Timothy, He gave Timothy some instruction on the importance of who to pray for. Listen to these words. 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this for kings and all those in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. God's heart for the lost is for all of the lost, not just some. And I hope and I trust and I pray that your heart and my heart will break for lost people and we will be willing to be somebody who is on our knees praying for them that we could be a blessing to them. If we want to pull down the blessings from above and change the world around us, then we have to be surrendered to God's will for our lives. And this will require that we approach life on our knees in humble reverence, obedience, and dependence on God. When we pray for our neighbors, who 
who don't know Jesus. I can assure you that God will use us to reach them for him. The late Gypsy Smith told of the conversion of his uncle Rodney. Among gypsies, it was not considered proper for children to address their elders unless spoken to. So young Gypsy prayed and waited for an opportunity. One day, the boy's uncle took note of Gypsy's worn-out knees. Laddie, said Uncle Rodney, how do you account for the fact that the knees of your pants have worn nearly through while the rest of your suit is almost like new? The boy answered, I've worn the knees while praying for you, Uncle Rodney. Then he added with tears, I want so bad for God to make you a Christian. Uncle Rodney put his arm around Gypsy in a fatherly embrace, and a few moments later, he fell on his knees, confessing Christ as Savior and Lord. Young Gypsy's experience could be yours and mine. So my question for you today is this. Who are you going to pray for that you could be a blessing to? And who are you going to be a blessing to today? In front of you in the pew is a challenge card and it looks like this. I want to encourage you to grab one and look at it with me. For those of you online, I direct you to our website, alexandriacovenant.org. You can download this there as your reminder and your challenge as well. But each week through this blessed series, we're going to give you a challenge card as a church family. I not only want this to be practical teaching, but I want to give you a weekly challenge that you can put into practice the blessed life. The first challenge is simply to spend some time praying and write down three people in your evangelism circle who God wants you to be praying for so that they can come to know him. I want you to spend the week praying about these people in your life that God would open their heart to the gospel and allow you to be used by him to be a blessing to them. And if you're not familiar with praying scripture, there's four scriptures with some open blanks at the bottom that will give you an opportunity to put a name in there and to pray for somebody. If one of the reasons you don't pray is because you don't know how, you no longer have that excuse. Simply follow this and you'll be in good shape. Remember the question. Who will you pray for this week? And who will you be a blessing to? I can assure you that as we bless those around us, not only will we be sharing the love of God with them, but God will use us in the blessings that we have to give to change the world for him. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for the ultimate blessing of new life and forgiveness. Thank you that today we can have a better understanding of how your plan and purpose for our lives as followers of you, Jesus, God's people, is to not only receive a blessing from you, but also to be those who give a blessing to others in our world. As we consider what it means to live a life as a blessing to others, help us, Jesus, to be very intentional and very committed to putting the blessed life into practice so that we can see the fruit of you at work, God, the only one who can change lives. That you would go and be at work changing the lives of those around us. If we're so fortunate that you would use us to be a blessing to them. Amen. Let's stand as we sing the song together.